Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, your weekly dose of two handsome dads who have each paired off with two beautiful ladies, and we know their names. I am dad number one, joined by dad number two. Well, I'm dad number one, Brett. By now, you should know my name. <laughs> that sounds really, really mean. That's almost... Uh, <laughs> Uh, almost what threatening. What are their names? <laughs> <laughs> almost threatening. And join with me tonight is, as always, dad number two. What's your name? <laughs> I am Tyler. I know my name. And my wife's. <laughs> yes, that's good. Yeah, I learned my wife's name a long time ago, too. Uh, Can I just say, I think this is one of those things that kind of ages the show just a little bit. Because, like, even when I was in middle school starting to date and everything, like, I knew the girls' names I was hitting on. Like, it was never just pick a random girl and flatter her and ask her out. Like, I know people do that, say, in the bars if they're my age. But, you know, in middle school, like, you always knew who people were. Mm -hmm. I, I will say this, though. Whether it's history being cyclical or just maybe it's my own kids, but I can see both of my boys, one, you know, one eight years old, one 13, almost 14. I can see them talking to a friend, be it boy or girl, whatever. And, you know, they'll come over to me, you know, we'll leave the park or wherever we are. Um, it's like, oh, who's your friend? What's her name? I don't know. <laughs> so in, in my defense, I usually learned my friend's name when I was that age. Before, you know, I, I, right. na I learned names. Now I, I names are my crypts and I can't tell someone's name in my life. I'll know their face, but mm. but I, I can't say I'm surprised. But uh, so, Tyler. So what's new? Well, I finally, finally uh, got to watch a, sh uh, a little movie called uh, Black Adam. Uh, ah. didn't, I didn't get to see it in theaters, and it's been on HBO Max for a couple weeks, but just for whatever reason, I just haven't been in the mood to like sit down and watch a new superhero movie, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm quite happy I did. Um, I ended up taking it in parts. You know, sometimes like you watch a new movie, and you're like, I want to watch every moment, but I want to be focused on it, and I don't want to just watch it in the background. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pause it here. I'm going to go take a nap or sleep or whatever and then finally this morning i was able to finish it and to quote some podcasters that i, I like to listen to the movie kind of slaps <laughs> like just that the last battle uh you know in every superhero movie there's always a good battle at the end but just the last battle it was it felt different and i liked it um did you get to watch that yet I, I have, yeah. I uh, I watched it a few weeks back. Uh, I think probably the week it premiered on HBO Max. Um, I had a free evening where I just I put it on. Um, really enjoyed Pierce Brosnan as Doctor oh, yeah. Fate, and by far um, the best character. <laughs> Aldous Hodge uh, really filled out the role of of Hawkman really well. Um, those were mm -hmm. probably my two. The, the two strengths. Uh, I, I don't know that I'd rank it up there with the Dark Knight, but you know, it, it definitely was not as 
meh as I was expecting going in. So, yeah. Right. Well, and I feel like it's it's one of those things that annoy me about people that are called critics of like because they are just seeing they're overrun with superhero movies. It feels like regardless of what is coming out unless it is like a top build like uh, movie like I don't know like more like along the lines of Avengers at this point they just don't care and it's just it's all the same to them at this point there is there is a bit of um, exhaustion at this point I mean everyone's Mm -hmm. expecting the next one to come out to be another Dark Knight or uh uh, what was the second Captain America Winter Soldier? Uh, Winter Soldier, know, yeah. Everyone's expecting the next the the next one comes out to be another one of those, and it's just they can't all be. They've all got to fill their own role, and you know this one, mm-hmm. it it did what it needed to do, and you know this is probably yeah. the this is the last we'll ever see of Black Adam in this form, and yeah. if he ever comes back again, if James Gunn wants to bring him back. It won't be the rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing is like there's just so much. Everything is all over the place with both studios right now. And <laughs> it's just like we're constantly just getting different movies coming left and right and TV shows and all these things. It's just it's gotten to a point that even for a nerd like me, I just can't keep up. Like I have to live my life a little bit. Like I have to go outside. I have to do other things like I can't just only be focused on superheroes. I just can't. Oh, no. You need to touch grass now and then. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, that's the whole reason I gave up on the Arrowverse. Like as much as I loved every single show that came out, I just I couldn't keep up with it. I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to pick one show that I, I stick with, and then I even fell off on that one too. Like, um, yeah, just, I, I I kept consistent with the Arrowverse through to Arrow's finale. Um, I'll, I'll I'll be blunt. I never got into Supergirl. I only picked up with it through crossovers. And when they brought John Cryer in for his role of Lex Luthor, those are the only times I really checked in on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once Arrow ended, I kind of drifted away. I'll check in on this final season of Flash just to see how they mm-hmm. tie it all up. And admittedly, in part because I know that Stephen Amell is coming back for an episode. Somehow, mm, I did see the, however they're going to do that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, once once there's there's fatigue, and you know there's there's only so much you can do. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't want to blame the pandemic for this because we blame the pandemic for everything. But I almost feel like, <laughs> and I know we get into the boy meets world, but this is just you know these are just thoughts that we've had for sitting on. Um, <laughs> but it just it kind of feels like with the pandemic. Both studios should have stopped for a moment, breathed a little bit, and reset themselves. Because both studios were in these really weird places where, you know, the Justice League that Josh uh, Whedon put out flopped. Um, Infinity War ended. Yes, everybody really loved um, the Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. Um, and yes, a lot of DC fans adore the Snyderverse uh, and, and the, the 
uh, Snyder's uh, Justice League, mm-hmm. but it really just felt like they needed time to adjust and reflect, and they didn't do that. Yeah, it was just, that's... we have these movies in the can. We're just waiting to put them out. Let's put them all out at the same time. And who can keep up with this? Not me. Not me either. I mean, college <laughs> me would love it, but just adult me that can only go to one movie a year if I'm lucky. You know, there's way too many nerdy things out there for me to possibly <laughs> pick and choose from. Okay, that's just logic. That's getting in our way. <laughs> <laughs> that may be your most perfectly timed uh, uh, clip. Um, but yeah, Brett, uh, anything else going on with you that you oh. want to talk about? <laughs> you know what? I, I uh, There's really nothing... Uh, nothing relevant or pertinent. Uh, so I think with that, I think we should just dive into uh, our episode for the week. And this week, we're going to dive into the second episode of season two, pairing off. Now we warned yes. you, good-looking people, last week that uh, the Hulk and uh, Natasha make out. I'm sorry. We're- <laughs> Wrong property. <laughs> that uh, this week, uh, things might get a little bit steamy, a little bit raised. Well, not might. Things. Yeah, we we are officially in high school now. We're in high school, and uh, we have officially entered the Taz Meet World somewhat after dark phase of Boy Meets World because yes. they they growed up. And yeah, they're uh, talking about things that need to be dis- <laughs> discussed. And uh, I'm not sure how much I want my son to listen. <laughs> yeah. So good looking people. If you've got younger, more sensitive viewers, listeners and viewers at home, if you watch the show with your kids, then this is going to we're going to do our best to keep this conversation something you can listen to with them. If you don't watch the episode with your kids, don't listen to this episode with your kids. With that being said, I- I think that's the best way for us to put it from this point forward, because there's going to be topics that come up. There's already been topics that have come up this season. And if you're comfortable with your kid hearing it in the show, you'll be comfortable with us talking about it here and breaking it down. That's right, because we're both dads and we both got kids. And I got a kid in high school, a kid in middle school who would be in high school at John Adams High and a kid in elementary school. So there we go. Seniors. Seniors took my clothes. (laughs) So this week in pairing off, after encountering several boyfriend slash girlfriend pairs at school, Corey tries desperately to ask other people's advice on how to get a girl to say hi. After discovering Eric in a compromising situation with his girlfriend, Corey blackmails his brother into fulfilling his wish with disastrous results. This episode was written by Jeff Minnell and Glenn Merzer, directed by David Trainer. originally aired September 30th, 1994, and currently enjoys a 7.8 IMDb rating. Hashtag release the knick-knick cut. Here we go. <laughs> we start off by two kids making out and the crowd going, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Their students are pairing off at John Adams High. Spring is it? Well, okay, it's not spring. It's September. Kids are Twitter pated. If anyone is a a viewer of the old Bambi cartoon, and oh, but uh, 
Okay, but seriously, like this is what happens at the start of every single school year. There's new relationships, new people that you thought never spoke to each other all of a sudden are, you know. All right, now before these we, items. <laughs> before we get into our first clip, I was homeschooled in high school. Mm-hmm. You went to a public high school. Were the hallways ever littered with newly minted couples who, by the way, their names were direct references to pop culture couples? Anyone who wasn't around in the 90s, Jerry and Shoshona, Michael and Lisa Marie. Um, oh, I did not catch any of that, by the oh, way. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld and his girlfriend Shoshona, Michael Jackson, Lisa Marie Presley. Mm. Um, did you ever see all of this tonsil hockey going on in your hallways in high school? Um, no. Uh, on occasion, you'd see people give a peck. Um, <laughs> but I never witnessed anybody just blatantly making out with each other somewhere. And if someone did, knowing the teachers I had, they would have said something. (laughs) Well, let's see what Mr. Feeney has to say about all this. Richard and Cindy? Very deeply in love. Since when? Lunch. (laughs) What did they eat? I don't know, but it doesn't look like it was enough. (laughs) Ah, Mr. Heckle and Mr. Jekyll, don't we have classes to attend? Mr. Feeney, shouldn't you break them up or hose them down or something? Oh, I wouldn't interrupt their tryst, Mr. Matthews. They're both A-minus students and happily struck by Cupid. So if they were C-minus students, you wouldn't let them kiss? School policy, don't you know? So I can't kiss? With your grades, Mr. Matthews, you can't even shake hands. Just watch, Mr. Feeney. By the end of the year, I plan to have an A-plus average and the hickey. Dare to dream, Mr. Matthews. (laughs) Mr. Feeney's a lot more lenient than I would expect him to be with uh, public displays of affection. (laughs) Yeah, and I... I don't know. I I really think this is just a TV thing. Like, maybe someone can correct me and say, nope, this is the way my high school was. No one ever did anything, like, to stop people from making out. But, like... uh, Again, I know the people that were roaming the hallways and the standards they had, and that just never happened. I don't know. Maybe the dangerous school in the urban, you know, that is Philadelphia, (laughs) this weird school where seventh is a part of the high school, you know, who's to say? I don't know. Anyway, so Corey wants a girl. But he doesn't want the new girl that Sean kind of points out. He seems to be a bit apprehensive. He wants someone he knows, someone he's already familiar with. Someone like Topanga. Topanga, my girl, my friend, my girly friend. Just that that original Corey just can't help but come out, you know, just (laughs) I got to say the joke. I got to be a little funny. Can't help himself. And he's got this this interesting proposal for Topanga, where they can walk through life to pang together. Yeah, you don't want. I don't want this any more than you do. That's a great yeah. way to 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 get a girl to say hi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone else is pairing off, so we should too. And uh, I, I love to Topanga's. Uh, 
response. Uh, Corey, my dear little butthead. May I call you butthead? <laughs> my dear little butthead. <laughs> and he's all too all, all too eager to allow Topanga to call him butthead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, man, it all goes back to, no, from now on, I'm going to make fun of you. <laughs> It really does. and uh, But Topanga doesn't want to pair off with Corey. And she's got a good reason why. She, mm-hmm. she has established a solid friendship with him. And everything she's seen has shown her that when, for, when people pair off, there's this week of passionate love and intense excitement. And then after that... Everything's gone. And she doesn't want mm-hmm. to lose that with Corey. And so there's someone out there for Corey, but he's left wanting to know who. <laughs> give me a name. Yes, yes, give me a name. Give me a name. <laughs> I mean, I will say that, like, uh, when I was in seventh grade, I felt this because I didn't have a girlfriend in seventh grade. I, it wasn't until I was in eighth grade. Um, but like, it's just that feeling of you see all of your friends kind of going around and they're now dating people randomly. And, you know, in your head as a seventh grader, you're like, oh, clearly that's the perfect couple. They break up in two weeks and who cares? But it's like, it's, I think there's just insecurity you feel like. And no matter what anyone tries to tell you, you clearly are the only one not pairing off, even though there's plenty of people not. <laughs> but there, there is great wisdom, though, of the whole let's not date because we are friends and let's not ruin that. Mm-hmm. And I would go so far as to uh, share with any good looking people listening who whether you're in middle school, high school, elementary school, or nursing home, that if you feel like you need that deep emotional connection that is rooted in in romantic love, you don't necessarily. No. Uh, it's, it's, that's something humans crave, but if that is the be-all, end-all, then... It really negates the importance of the other types and levels and and ways that love manifests itself. And then those those deep friendships that we have with other humans that kind of throws those out the window, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes any sense. But to boil that down for those of you who might be in middle school or high school, you don't need a boyfriend or girlfriend. You need good friends who will stand with you, even when you say you're shouting in the middle of the hallway. Give me a name! I feel like that one's going to get used quite a bit this episode. It very well could. We'll see. (laughs) But I'll make this one last point, and then I promise we can move on, uh, good-looking people. But, you know, I I truly highly recommend anyone that asks, and not a lot do, but, you know, I still give advice, but... Essentially, the advice I always give is the best thing you can be is a friend to somebody. And 
it is better to be someone's friend than to have these little two-week relationships that end sourly and then you never can have a friendship again you know mm-hmm. and it's better if you're doing more activities as giant groups and then you're just hanging out with everybody that is a better situation than trying to pair off and then your temptation is to be alone and to cross lines you're not ready to cross back in my day we called those group dates <laughs> yes <laughs> now we just call it hanging out at people's houses yeah so anyway, we go to, we cut to commercial break. We come back and we're in health class, which suspiciously looks like the cafeteria redressed. But it does. I digress. <laughs> health class teachers out sick kind of undercuts their, uh, uh, their authority and their professionalism and their, <laughs> their ability to be right there. Substitute um, teacher walks in. <laughs> clearly, this teacher is aware that he has sick days and he's allowed to use them. I think he might be using them. <laughs> I think Sean and Corey might have remembered that lesson. But uh, substitute so? teacher comes in and uh, Sean immediately goes to the head of the class because this substitute teacher is not some old fuddy-duddy. It's an attractive sub. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know it's an attractive sub if Sean's at the head of the class because... On behalf of the entire class, I'd like to say, stay as long as you'd like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get into uh, Sean um, and his uh, <laughs> really overactive hormones, uh, this sub is named Miss Kelly, played by Nancy Valen. Uh, it's the only time she'll show up in Boy Meets World. 40 other acting credits, including uh, appearances on Walker, Texas Ranger, Miami Vice, Charles in Charge, Full House, Friends, Baywatch, Spin City, 911, and others. Were you a little bit uh, off, put off by Sean and his forwardness? Well, I he will comes say on really strong. <laughs> this scene reminds me of the episode that she is on in Saved by the Bell, where Zach believes that this new nurse is clearly the girl for him, even though he just asked Kelly to go steady. And is willing to throw away his actual girlfriend slash friend to pursue this adult woman that has no idea is interested in him. <laughs> so clearly, uh, no fault to this actress slash the uh, Miss Kelly character, but clearly uh, young boys just feel like must, uh, must have her. Yeah, I mean, Sh- uh, Sean goes to the point of claiming he's in his 20s and he's an undercover cop. Yes, I have more about that, young uh, young viewers. Don't worry. Um, uh, and oh, and yeah, it's I, his turn to be the CPR dummy. <laughs> yes, it's just it's this did not age well at all, like at all, especially these days. Yes, it's just it's it's creepy that he acts like this, and it's creepy <laughs> she allows him to go as far as he does, and it's creepy that he thinks it is okay. Yeah, I mean, in in my initial watch through when I was Sean and Corey's age, I found it hilarious, especially that Sean was shot down. Uh, but mm-hmm. watching this as a dad, I, I look at that, and if that were my kid, first of all, 
uh, my my son and I would be having some very long discussions, mm-hmm. and the school board would be uh, be involved in some discussions with me about how long that teacher let that conversation to get strung out. Mm-hmm. That's just that's an inappropriate interaction there. <laughs> well, and I'll also say, as a former substitute teacher, you fill out an evaluation at the end of every single day. And so if an interaction like this would occur, you have every right to say student was acting creepy and inappropriate. And I try to shut it down. I try to redirect him. They wouldn't do it. That child's name is blank. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, Sean definitely should be in trouble for this. Maybe we're just looking at it from today's standards, but again, he's really acting inappropriately. Yeah. Hey, he is just, oh my just, gosh, it's it's a minkus <laughs> level of confidence that we're not ready for yet. Oh, clearly not. Within the span of a couple of episodes, I mean, well, in the span of one episode, last week he was, I'm an idiot, I should not be here to locking himself in a locker with a girl to hitting on a substitute teacher. <laughs> yes. Sean's confidence has grown very quickly, very. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Inappropriately. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, the, the subject is actually human reproduction. And uh, yes. Sean is the first to uh, be asked about... Um, about some information. All right, who can tell us the name of the organ where the eggs are stored, officer? (laughs) Sorry, Miss Kelly, I don't have that stuff. I can name the stuff I have. (laughs) Or at least what I call them. All right, the name of the place where the eggs are stored. What are the gonads? (laughs) No, sorry, I was looking for what are the ovaries. Oh, the oh, yeah, I always mix those two. <laughs> Try not to, your future will be brighter. <laughs> Can you tell us anything about ovulation or how pregnancy occurs? Well, the man's got the sperm and the woman's got the egg. Now, once a month, an egg slides down the Philippine tube towards the uterus. <laughs> the first sperm to reach the egg wins. It gets a medal, it's born, you name him Corey, you push him out the door, and nothing makes sense for the rest of his life. <laughs> Well, congratulations. You seem to have a thorough understanding of the life cycle. Hey, I live it. (laughs) Any questions? Yes? (laughs) How do you get a girl to say hi? Okay, so first, clearly, I live it is Corey's catchphrase this season instead of, I'm so-and-so boy. But he's not but wrong it, about the life cycle. <laughs> it does. It, it okay. That that phrase though fits a whole lot better than any of the ones they pushed last season. Oh yes, completely. But fun fact: this this scene was heavily edited when it first when when the show first ran on Disney Channel in syndication. <laughs> hmm, apparently, a, apparently, a classroom setting that actually details quite delicately the human reproductive cycle is too much for Disney audiences. Well, now, Brad, I will ask, as a, as a father with two teenagers and one that's uh, not that long away, how would you feel if a classroom was, like a health class was actually discussing actual process of creating human life? Well, 
as the father of two teenagers who have already gone through uh, those types of health classes, they I'm I'm okay with it. As a father of an eight-year-old, if this is the level he's hearing at this point from a TV show, okay. If his elementary school is getting into it, we've got some issues. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. But as far as the TV show goes, Corey doesn't – Corey details the scientific process. He does not detail the human interactive element. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like this show actually does a good job of – having an actual conversation, having them explain what they know. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good start to an actual good conversation. I kind of wish that they didn't just cut there. Like, I almost wish they, we would have seen <laughs> what advice she would have given him, you know, like mm -hmm. what she would have said, even if it was just, we don't have time for that right now. Like just something like, it feels like Corey keeps asking questions and no one's going to give him an answer. And they just episode as episode. <laughs> it, it would be it would be fun to see an alternative cut where we see him asking all these people and getting answers, or see that one more line where it's people he's asking just tell him, "I don't know" or mm -hmm. "I can't tell you right now." <laughs> right. You'll know. Just go up to him and you'll know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so health class is over, and we see another couple pair off in Shauna of Corey, yes. and he can't figure it out still. It just happened right in front of him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just happened. Not, he doesn't even know what happened. Yeah. He just watched it, and he doesn't know how it happened. But it's not going to last long. This is just a phase, just a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Well, here comes Mr. Turner and Ms. Kelly. Yes. And, uh, I didn't clip it, but I, I clipped a lot for this episode, so I, I had to cut myself <laughs> off somewhere. I could have clipped two-thirds of this episode easily. That's but, fair. Uh, I had to cut myself off somewhere. But Mr. Turner, uh, they're gonna he's going to get a good table for them at the cafeteria because you know he and Bertha are tight because he saved a dolphin from her hair net once. <laughs> I, I, I can't say that's bad writing for the show because I can totally see... Mr. Yeah. Turner saying that. <laughs> but this is the thing is that at any age, a single guy will say what he needs to say to impress a girl. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now, and we Mr. see it in two <laughs> seconds with Mr. Feeney. Like, it's when yeah, Mr. Feeney like, comes I'm in. I'm acting principal, and it would be a lot of pressure for a younger man. But <laughs> A man oh, half I my got age would be even more daunting. <laughs> That's where I look at it, and I say, okay, this is maybe a bridge too far. <laughs> I can't see George Feeney roaming the hallways bragging about his virility to a, a teacher and trying to impress her. But is it a teacher uh, or is it just... I don't know but, if it's a teacher or another administrator. I, we don't... She's right. not even credited, so we can't. I can't even right. tell. It could be a guest <laughs> administrator coming to look at John. It could be a reporter. Could be someone from the school know. board. Who knows? Could be someone from the school. All we know is a lady that's similar to his age <laughs> that he is trying to impress. Yeah, Maybe it's his dentist. Maybe it is his dentist. I don't know why she'd be visiting the school, but who knows? <laughs> but hey, yeah, dentist I, <laughs> dentist checks at schools. Great joke happens right in front of Corey, so it's hilarious. Ah, a little little bridge too far, but we'll let it happen. 
probably. <laughs> but that's the thing is I think Corey is just confused and he's seeing all these other men being successful. He doesn't understand. And I have to say, Turner's a young teacher. Why does he go talk to him? I, that's I was kind of confused, too. I, I, this is ideal situation for him. He's already established a rapport with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, why, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Especially well, we after Mr. Turner walks past like this. Yeah. Episode's got an episode. <laughs> Good looking people. It's on my shirt tonight. Episode's got an episode. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Abby. <laughs> oh, you've been called out, Abby. By the way, as, as of this recording, has not listened to the last full episode yet at all. Whoa. Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> Sean's going to get stepping and help Corey out with some advice. It's going to show off the patented Sean hair flip. And I gotta uh, say, before we get to this, <laughs> this is so frustrating because it just shows the dichotomy of the ease of Sean being able to get a girl's attention and for people like me to struggle. I mean, Corey to struggle with with these things. <laughs> Didn't you have the hair that would flip when you were younger? No, I had to say all the funny <laughs> things and get the right girl to say, hey, you're funny. And then I can go, uh, hey, you're cute. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you would uh, you would walk up to uh, the people and say, Topanga, my girl, my friend, my girly friend. No, I would never talk like that. <laughs> so you would be in the hallway shouting, give me a name. I could see my, depending upon what year, I could see myself doing that. No, okay. I, wow, we're going there. So I would say that when I, when I was a teenager, I was kind of more shy than, than what I remember I was, but I was kind of on the shy side my seventh grade year. In eighth grade, for whatever reason, I gained more confidence. I don't know if it's because I was playing more in sports or whatever, but like I was just a little more confident. And so, like, like in seventh grade, I would tell jokes to friends like in secret and then they would tell other people and they would get a laugh. And then I was like, <laughs> if I just say whatever I think is funny and not let other people steal my jokes, then maybe other people will notice me, i.e. girls will think I'm funny. And it worked. Mm, there you go. Because <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times in middle school and high school that I would say, oh, I'm going to say this to a buddy because I don't want to say this out loud. And then the buddy would then go and say that joke. And like, oh, my gosh, you're so funny. He's like, no, I I said that. That was me. <laughs> don't give him credit. Uh, this has been long delayed therapy with Dad's Me World. <laughs> Oh, yes. This is bringing out the trauma of my seventh grade year. Brought to you by hashtag release the knick-knick cut. <laughs> so uh, with Sean with a hair flip first, he does attract a girl named Samantha, who is played by Hillary Tuck. 
Mm-hmm. Love the name. Uh, she's the first of this is the first of three different girls she will play on Boy Meets World. As, that's so crazy. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not like they just keep the same name. Like, that would make sense. No, she has to play three yeah. different girls in the school. She'll play Sarah later on this season and Kristen next season. She has 42 acting credits to her name, including right. starring in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. She guested on Roseanne, Without a Trace, House, Judging Amy, Bones, Cold Case, The Mentalist, Grey's Anatomy, and more. Then, to give, uh, you know, we'll say a definitive period to this statement Sean is making to Corey and show off his 30-foot range. Sean does it again. And Jacqueline comes over because she was just thinking about Sean. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline is played by Molly Morgan. 39 acting credits to her name, and she will later show up in season two as Stacy in episode 11. So watch out for her. Not also Linda? Seen, no, not Linda. <laughs> what about Debbie? <laughs> I want Debbie. There is no Debbie. <laughs> uh, yes, Dear Don't good start talking people. about that, Tyler. Just let's continue <laughs> forward. Yes, Sean. We've seen the episode. Is the guy I hate. People. We continue <laughs> forward. Uh, yes, episode eleven. She'll be back as Stacy. She's also been in Alienation, Night Court, Step by Step, Full House, Clues TV series. There's a trifecta of TGIF, Bones, The Big Bag Theory, Dexter, Weeds, and others. And then Corey tries the hair flip with his. Brain. Yellow head, and it does not go well. Corey, what is it? You were just drawn to me, weren't you? No, I thought you had head lice. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm great. Oh, good. Hi, Topanga. I was just thinking about you. I need new hair. Now, this is a very visual, visual clip. And what you can't see if you're just listening, Topanga did a very small, almost unnoticeable hair flip of her own to attract the guy at the water fountain behind her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, It's it's that TV magic of you could do one thing and it gets someone's attention. Yeah. Now, I can't say that I was ever really... Had my attention drawn to a hair flip, or that I was ever attracted out of the blue by a hair flip? Can you? Uh, not gonna. I can think of, and if I think about it, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I can't definitively say I never have been, but uh, in conscious memory, I don't believe I have. Hmm. I mean, like I'll say, like when I met my wife, I remember like anytime I'd see her move, I would watch as she would go a different direction like there's no way around that but like it wasn't like she was just sitting there just like flipping her hair like hoping i would pay attention (laughs) well yes i mean i i kind of take that and put that aside but yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a different category oh yes yes but let's get to the house finally (laughs) yes in the kitchen eric brings a new girl marguerite moreau she was in the last week's episode rebecca she is rebecca here Brings her into the kitchen, asks Amy not to embarrass him, who, and she immediately does, letting slip that he wet the bed till he was 12. Oops. 
and it's just that <laughs> playfulness that Amy and, and Eric have. It's one of the I things love I love. Like, oh, there's yeah. not a lot there, but this just the way that the two of them talk to each other, the way they interact. It's one of my favorite relationships in the whole show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's 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 just great. And uh, she's getting ready to take Morgan to soccer practice. Morgan is just she seems. <sighs> More amped up than she was last season, mm-hmm. and we find out Morgan never liked the weasel nickname, and she wants Apparently. she's giving it to, which to is, Eric now, <laughs> which is so sad because like we were talking about like little little kid names, you know, like the names you kind of have over time, and just like if my sister would have thrown back in my face what I called her, like that would have broke my heart, like, mm-hmm. but also like she, she, Amy kind of reveals like. When she's in the uniform, she feels more aggressive, and <laughs> it just all comes out. Yep. And as they walk out the door, what's the rule she has to remember? Don't kick the coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So mom and Morgan are out the door. Eric's, uh, they're going to take a break before they start. Eric's starting to get a drink. And yes. Then... Aren't you going to show me your house first? You, you want to see the house? Sure. Uh, this is the house. <laughs> Are there any other rooms? Uh, yeah, there's probably one right through here. Do you want to? Right. Hey, I was right. This is the living room. This is where we live. And this is the couch where much of the sitting takes place. Aren't you going to show me the uh, upstairs? Yeah, boy, yeah, boy, yeah, boy, yeah. The upstairs, I love the upstairs. You know, we weren't even going to have an upstairs, but I made him put it in because I knew you were coming. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we just for a second talk about Eric's expression at the end there? Yeah, boy, yeah, boy, yeah, boy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you have any rules about no girls in your bedroom? Yeah, um, if we a standing rule in our house growing up is if we ever had like a boy or a girl over, you know, opposing gender, uh, weren't allowed in the bedroom. Like we didn't have our houses that we grew up in. Uh, typically, bedrooms were on the second floor, so they wouldn't mm-hmm. even be up on this on the second floor. And if for some reason as as memory serves there was any reason to be in a bedroom uh the door would have to be open for sure mm-hmm. and above all there would never be a boy or a girl in the house of that nature without a parent around <laughs> mhm yeah, no, we had a very firm rule of no girls upstairs whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. um, my parents are like, hey, this is our space. It's one thing for us to share the space downstairs, but it's not really fair for you to bring anybody and anybody upstairs unless you absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. So very rarely would anyone actually come up to my bedroom, even if people stayed the night. Um, but specifically for girls, like it was very clear of, you can hang out on the couch. We'll let you have a whole living room to just be your, like, just be, and we'll leave you alone. But if we walk in, we're going to walk in. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that I sit there and I go, 
Eric should know better. Oh, yes, Eric should. And I, I think intellectually he does <laughs> mm-hmm. and clearly eric I, I don't think eric was planning for this it seems like he wanted to study initially and that at most he might have think uh, he might have thought for sucking a neck but uh mm-hmm. yeah he's definitely not arguing against it <laughs> and so Corey and Sean come home after Eric and Rebecca have gone upstairs. Corey's complaining. Can he continues to complain about his inability to find a girl after one day of trying? Uh, and Corey recommends he really, he really gave it the college try. Oh yeah, the old college try. One day and go some. Uh, Sean recommends Corey ask Eric for advice because Eric's got the boom. I, I had to put the closed captioning on to make sure I was hearing what I was hearing. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, and yep. then Sean, got the Sean leaves to go find girls because he's got a 30 foot range, opens a door, gets a girl's attention from across the street, supposedly. Yeah. And it sounds it sounds like the girl that plays Stacy later on, by the way. Yeah, I thought that, too. <laughs> you could be wrong, but it just kind of sounded like her. So, yeah. And uh, Corey pushes him out the door. He sits down to try and study. He's going to get smart enough to build a girlfriend. Uh, gives up, hears music upstairs, assumes it's mom and dad, heads up to the only time, this is the only episode we'll see inside of Eric and Amy, or Eric and Alan, Eric and Amy's, Alan and Alan Amy's bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm putting way too many combinations there. Alan and Amy's bedroom. But they have one, and they have a connected bathroom as well. Um, Uh We also see the hallway for the first time, and... Uh uh, he goes into, by the way, goes into, he hears music from the bedroom and walks in without knocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he sees Eric and Rebecca in this very intense makeout session on the bed. And yeah. Corey, we're studying. <laughs> so am I. And we cut to break. <laughs> This is a very uncomfortable moment. Now, I, I think as a kid slash teenager, and even as a probably college student, I didn't think anything of this. But just as a dad, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Do you have any idea how bad of a, of a, of a moment this is for you and how dumb you are being right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's... Ooh not good on any level there there no. is and the, also the disrespect to be making out on your parents bed is also another thing too yeah i i tried and i i tried to rationalize it in my head from eric's point of view and from rebecca's point of view and the best i could come up with was Eric shares the bedroom with Corey. And even though there's no one else home, Corey could potentially come home. But they thought that far, but didn't think far enough to lock the door. I mean, Eric is clearly not thinking. There's no way else to put it. And there's we're not going to go into any further of what he's thinking. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Corey finds him. And then Rebecca is quite embarrassed. Oh, yes. She's leaving, and uh, apparently the relationship is over. Um, yeah, it's it's done. There's... 
I know there's just another one of those moments where episode has to episode, but it's just like a, you go from making out to I think we need to be done and never see each other again. Like, what is the logic there, my friend? I yeah I. There's a part of my brain that can understand where she's coming from because if I were to put myself in her shoes, now granted, I am not a teenage girl. No. I've never been a teenage girl. <laughs> but she wears some pretty cute shoes. So if you can put yourself in her really cute shoes. If I can put myself in her pumps. Um, <laughs> if I were just busted making out on my boyfriend's parents' bed. Or just a guy that she's been talking to. Yeah. By his younger brother, their parents are going to find out. His younger Mm -hmm. brother knows what we were doing. Mm -hmm. How in the world am I ever going to go over to that house without being judged or lectured? Yeah. So uh, on some level, I can understand and granted and remember this, this is a sophomore level uh, emotional maturity as well. So I can understand that quick reaction. But uh, so she leaves and we move to our next clip. So what's new? I'm going to kill you. I have you. I'm going to kill you and I'm going to bring you back to life and I'm going to kill you again. I have. What? What do you have? You have what I have. Nothing! You, my boy, were in mom and dad's bed. Oh, what was that? The sound of power suddenly shifting? Nothing happened. Yeah, and it didn't happen in mom and dad's bed. I have you. I have you by your ovaries. Hey, Cor, buddy. I'm not going to kill you. I mean, that was one of those wacky brother-to-brother murder threats. Yeah, listen... I'd like you to do something for me. Anything you need. Tell me how you do it. What I was doing with Rebecca? No, no, what you were doing with Rebecca, I don't have the lung capacity for that. <laughs> I just want to know, how do you get a girl to say hi? Oh, you're wasting my time. I have you. Now, ordinarily, I wouldn't reveal my foolproof method, <laughs> but I know I can count on my favorite little brother to keep a secret. I'm listening. Okay, you got eyes? Yeah. Use them. How? Look at her. Look into her. Look through her. I mean, make her think she's the most exquisite thing your eyes have ever beheld. Who her? Who cares? Pick somebody. Well, how do I pick? You got eyes? I thought we established that. Make eye contact. Make her eyes believe that your eyes are interested in her. So I have to be interested in her? No, you're overachieving. You only have to make her think you are. Now we know Eric's foolproof. Gosh, this is the worst (laughs) advice ever. Oh, yes. If you're a teenager and you're struggling to get the person you have a crush on or anyone at all to have interest in you, do not, I repeat, do not do what Eric just recommended. Oh, please. Take the uh, exact opposite track and don't ever take this advice. Yes. (sighs) Although... I will say, after this, this is probably one of my favorite interactions in the whole episode. (laughs) Corey just, like, staring at her creepily, (laughs) and then Turner going right up to her, like, Matthews, what'd I say? Huh? What'd I say? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) You weren't listening either? Isn't that right, Matthew? Uh, yeah, that's right. What's right? What you just said. What did I just say? (laughs) 
You weren't listening either? Matthews, keep your head facing this way. Sean, tell your buddy what I was saying. Oh, the face he makes. Just staring at him through slits right up in his grill. <laughs> but yes, the next day, Corey decides to try to put this into practice, staring at this girl next to him in English lit class. And Mr. Turney getting up close to mock him. And af- after after the bell rings and Mr. Turner yay, out the door, Corey and this girl managed to connect. On some level, Eric's advice worked because, you know, Corey was yeah. staring at her for the whole, presumably the whole class. And Corey asked her out and she agrees. And this girl, we don't know her name yet. But... Uh, uh, I won't spoil her name. No way. Okay, I will. Her name is Wendy Jansen in the script. Right. Played by... Now, I, I I will ask you this, Tyler. Did this girl look familiar to you at all? Yeah. Okay. This actress is named Jessica Wesson. This is the first of two times she will Jessica appear Wesson. as Wendy. Later on, yep. in, she'll come back this season in episode 15. They she's want not, you to take the roles. <laughs> she's not acted since 2001. She only has nine credits total. She recurred on Judging Amy, Gaston Flipper, Caster and Baywatch. But the most interesting nugget, she acted on this little show called Home Improvement as Jennifer Sadarsky, girlfriend of Bradley Taylor. Oh, yeah. Including one Halloween episode where her character had a little fling with Ryder Strong's one-off character named Danny. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've watched, like, yeah, episode by episode, Home Improvement. Oh, uh, yeah. If anyone out there, good-looking people are interested, the episode's called The Haunting of Taylor House. I watch that one every Halloween season. But yes, uh, so Corey gets a date. She agrees. Uh, Sean is impressed and proud. And then we go back to Alan and Amy's bedroom. And uh, (laughs) we have a scene of them, both of them in their bedroom. And this is the first time. Well, the only time we have them the in their bedroom. The first time that they're. This is the first time we see them being uh, friendly, amorous. Oh, yes. Looking positively Amish. (laughs) She's got her floor length flannel armor on. She's kind of worried. She's got paintings that she's showing at the gallery the next day to a bunch of garden club ladies. This is the first time we hear about her career shift. Yeah, I don't like the fact that her career shifted. She could have just been nervous because of the fact of, you know, she's got a listing tomorrow that's really big. Like, what was the point of adjusting her career? Yeah, Nothing. I don't know. I, I, I'd say episodes got an episode, but this is beyond episodes got an episoding. This is an entirely different track for them. Right. Which it's not to say that it can't happen, but right, yeah. But it's just what was the reason? Did we just forget mm-hmm. that she is a real estate agent? They went to the real estate of real estate agent, For the gala. entire state of Pennsylvania, yes, <laughs> the whole state. Yeah, I mean that that gave us the lovely gem of how dressed up do you have to be to be bored to death. I mean, uh, but, uh, Alan could say that about art, but, you know. Yeah. 
But uh, so they begin to uh, get a little amorous, and that's when they find Rebecca's earring an entire day after it was left on the bed. <laughs> but we push on. The only thing I think of is that, like, they just, the night before, they were so quick to hop into bed and, like, just go to sleep that they weren't paying attention. And, you know, maybe one of them threw a blanket on, threw a blanket off. Who knows? But Very regardless, possible. you know, it's. The next day. Episode's got episode. Episode has to episode. Hardcore. (laughs) Whose earring is this? Well, it's not yours. No. Well, I I have no idea. I don't know whose earring that is. Helen, sweetheart, I'm not accusing you. Why not? I know you're not having an affair. Oh, you think I'm safe? You think other women aren't attracted to me? I haven't said anything. And boy, are you oh so wrong. Just today at the store, this slim little blonde with a low-cut dress, she came up to me and asked me if the bread was fresh. Alan, sweetheart, I know there are still many women that still are attracted to you. You don't sound very threatened. I'm threatened. I know I could lose you at any moment. Oh, you just found an earring in our bed. I know, a cheap, tacky one, the kind of thing a teenager would wear. (laughs) Eric. What about Eric? The earring. Eric was with the girl alone in this house. Oh, boy. Okay, sweetheart, I will go have a talk with him. No, no, no. I will talk to him. I don't want to have any of that father-son winking thing going on. (laughs) Father-son winking. No, I... I don't want to see you go, son, what you did was wrong, and then, boy. I don't want to see that. You think I'd do that? I think you'd do that. Well, I wouldn't do that. That just goes to show you don't know me at all. Well, we'll both just go have a talk with my son. <laughs> my son! <laughs> I just... Uh, I, I adore this interaction between them. The way know. they're able to be playful and... and uh, jump back and forth between that and Alex or Alex Allen's potentially bruised ego about not knowing that their their yeah. marriage is so rock solid that Amy dot even once has a thought of infidelity in her head mm-hmm. uh, and him thinking well what you wouldn't even think for a moment that I that another woman would be interested in me. Right. You don't think a woman would another woman would be interested in me? Do you see me? <laughs> oh, yeah. I man. I just their playfulness is great and also just with how little they were in the last uh, episode, it's nice that they get more time this episode. It really is. Uh, I I miss that. I want to focus in just for a moment on the whole father-son winking thing. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) uh, that does betray a little bit of what does Amy really – are Amy and Alan really on the same page of what they think – what the expectations are – for for sex with their kids mm-hmm. I mean have they set clear expectations to lay out for their kids and do they expect each other to adhere to those guidelines that they agreed to set right but I do think it just plays into the stereotype of 
a dad is proud of his son when he is able to date and or just spend time with a pretty girl and if father has a pretty girl at home he will do everything he can to shut her up and make her shut in so (laughs) i think he's just playing into those double standards you know and -hmm. also like it's it felt like alan was also playing into it too kind of teasing her of like well i'm not gonna say that to him but real quick just my son my son (laughs) my son that was definitely him playing into it i agree there yeah (laughs) <laughs> right. But I mean, like, you know, you. I think in a healthy marriage, you have those playfulness of, you know, like, with you, I will make this joke that, oh, yeah, that's how I would act. But with your child, you don't do that. Oh, no. And I love the united front that they take when they go into the boys' room. Eric is in bed. <laughs> um, do, you, do you want to tell us anything? I don't know. Here's the earring. Now I've got something to talk about. And mm-hmm. uh, he tries to pass it off as a birthday present. The other one's on layaway. But nothing happened between me and Rebecca, if that's what you're thinking. Why should we believe that nothing happened? Look at my face. Do I look happy? <laughs> <laughs> nothing happened. Well, then, I'd like to know what you're doing bringing a girl into our and don't give her some lame excuse like she wanted a tour of the house. <laughs> okay. We, we were on the roof replacing tiles when we fell through the ceiling, and luckily your bed broke our fall. <laughs> Eric, you're in some big trouble here. Hey, go easy on him. I need this brother. He taught me how to get what I want from a girl. <laughs> excuse me? He taught me how to get a date, and it worked big time. Oh, I see. And who is this girl? Uh... I don't know her name. You don't know her name? Not yet, but I'm going to find out before I make any type of commitment. How can you manage to ask a girl out if you don't know her name? All part of Eric's foolproof method. Uh, Corey, get the phone. Oh, Eric has a foolproof method. Ring, ring. <laughs> Go ahead, Corey. All right, well, first you pick a girl. Any girl. Just any old buddy. Yeah. Then you pretend you're interested in her. Now, you don't really have to be interested in her. I thought you did, but Eric said it wasn't necessary. <laughs> ring. <laughs> What, does it matter what I told him? I'm dead. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just that advice uh, coming to bite him in the butt immediately. Uh, yeah. So I like how quick Eric thinks on his feet when when uh, Alan's quick to say, don't give us his lame excuse if she wanted a tour. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I like how with every moment, Eric's just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into all of this. Uh And Corey is just laying everything out so that Alan and Amy can see just how messed up all of this is. Because Uh up to this point, it doesn't seem like they really understand just how... Eric seems to have a very, how shall we put this? Eric's view on women is very uh, troubling. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Eric sees women as objects to be. And, and, you know, we'll we'll make it'll be viewed as a joke at times because when Eric's dating a senior, he's special or when he's dating a smart girl. Uh, it's a status relationship, but 
something like this really betrays uh, the fact that he sees a girl almost as uh, a, a possession or something, something, not someone necessarily to be to be owned or won. And it's you the know, most really, vain really, part of him. Yeah, it really impersonalizes the girl. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is why later on in the show, Eric's at his best when he is not doing everything he can to date any girl whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like he is at his best when he's just being himself and just being content himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, the problem with this scene is that no matter what Eric does, he's going into deeper and deeper trouble. <laughs> um, and so it's almost like his last ditch, ditch effort is to make his parents laugh. He can make them laugh. Maybe they won't be as upset with him. Yeah. Um, but we're past the point of parents turning it around on a quick joke. Yeah. And so uh, Corey lays everything out and, uh, We've got a little bit of an aside where Alan and Amy talk just for a moment where... You had the big sex talk with him two years ago. What did you tell him? Not that. How could you think I'd tell him that? Alan, I'm not accusing you. Oh, yes, you are. You accused me of this, and yet you refuse to accuse me of having an affair. That hurts. (laughs) Corey, I know you look up to your brother, but I want you to go to your father for advice on this subject. Eric has some explaining to do about his own behavior with girls lately. I know. What do you know? Pretty much everything. I kind of walked in on them. Amazing. <laughs> his friend in our room. How could this happen? Dad, Rebecca sat down on the bed and went like this. <laughs> so this is her fault. And you bear no responsibility? Well, clearly I should have locked the door. You're missing the point. No, I know the point, Dad. I should have controlled myself, but nothing happened. Eric, Eric, you are in so deep. Dad, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm really, really screwed. You know, for thousands of years, fathers have said to their sons, don't rush into sex, and the sons have always said, yeah, sure, okay. Well, I didn't understand my father till this very moment, and you won't understand me till you're a father, which won't be for a very long time. Dad? Learn her name. Yes, sir. As for you, Rebecca. Her name was Rebecca. Is that all you know about her? Mm, not too much more, I guess. Does that make you feel good? No, it doesn't. Eric, every once in a while, let your brain in on what the rest of you is doing. Are you two both clear on this? But if I can't use Eric's method, then how do I get a girl to say hi? Corey. Yeah? What did you know about girls before your brother's excellent advice? I didn't know anything. Why don't you just go with that? Now, I don't want to accuse Alan of not taking it serious at first, but when they walked into the room, it kind of felt like he was being supportive of his wife and also reflecting on the fact of uh, the fact that she wouldn't accuse him of having an affair. (laughs) I think it was kind of bothering him. And it's like as... Eric's hole just kept widening and widening, especially at the point when Corey walked in on him and he learned that. 
it's almost like a trigger happened where he was now on the same level as Amy. And I'm not <laughs> saying that Amy wanted him to get to that same level, but I think it helped her to know like, okay, he sees how serious this is that I'm taking it. Now he's taking it serious <laughs> because, you know, especially towards the end of the last season, they kept saying that Alan was kind of this angry guy and a little bit of that anger is coming out and that directiveness, you know, that mm-hmm. sometimes we as dad have to pull out. So oh yeah, it's, it's like when, when Amy wanted to. him to get to that level, <laughs> so that way she didn't have to do the yelling at, you know, and directness, but he could do mm-hmm. that, which is good co-parenting. Yes, you, you know you've hit that point when your hand is over your son's mouth to make sure he stops <laughs> talking so he can listen. <laughs> Rebecca, her it's name. Rebecca. Her name is Rebecca. <laughs> and I, I really hope in the universe of Boy Meets World, I really hope that this is not where the conversation ended. Um, oh, I don't think so. Because for the sake of the story, uh, this this for the sake of story uh, completion, this covers the bases mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. But it, for the sake of human development, this this for human growth, this would not cover the bases in my house. This would be a longer conversation. But for the sake of the story and for the sake of this is a 22 minute episode, this this fits. Right. Well, and, and that's the other thing I think we should talk about real quick is that it's it's at the disservice of Eric the way that he ends up, quote unquote, treating these girls, because we see how he treats Morgan. We see how he treats Amy. He treats them with respect and with love. And the fact that every other episode he's with a different girl, I place that more of a blame on the writers and needing him to be something that he's not than necessarily this is who Eric is. He's this misogynist, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's not until later on he's in college where he stops. He kind of drops the whole, Oh, I have to be the ladies, man. That's my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause even after, you know, he's done with high school, he still tries that a little bit too. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But then we go to a really sweet moment, actually. Yes. The next day, uh, Corey and Wendy are at the lockers and uh, they take a beat and they get to share how unsure they both are about this date Uh and um, about how they really don't know anything about each other. And Corey, uh, you know, suggests maybe they shouldn't go on this date. And so off, uh, he offers to spend to hang out with her and to get to know each other. And uh, he actually introduces himself and asks her what her name is. And you know he gets to find out her name is Wendy. And she says hi to him. And he gets a girl to say hi to him. And it's it's a really uh-huh. it's it's a it's a nice sweet moment to to book in the episode where in you know the beginning he was just on this quest to, how do you get a girl to say hi to you and he finds out it was all all baked into what Alan in this moment of clarity of frustration is what did you know about them nothing use it that's what you go uh-huh. with it's nothing you introduce uh-huh. yourself you are yourself you say Hi, my name's Corey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and you just treat her like another person. Yes, that's because the key. that's what she is. She's another right. person, and you're interested in getting to know her. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, and so then we go to a tag where clearly uh, Eric has been banned from ever giving Corey dating advice ever again. And uh, he asked Corey what he did, and Corey shares he was really nervous, and he nodded a lot. And it worked because, you know, they're going to get together again. And then Eric uh-huh. asks how he nodded, and he models it. And I swear, <laughs> Ben Savage just breaks because that's that's not a that's not an acting laugh. That's Ben Savage breaking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 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 I just – I do love it goes to show that as confident as Eric claims to be and the knowledge he has – he's still trying to figure things out. Yep. He really is. And now that he can't use his foolproof method anymore, he's got to find some new tools for his toolbox. He does. Yes. (laughs) And that is where we finish up our episode of pairing off. So Tyler, do you have some deep dives for us? Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All right. So let's start off with 21 Jump Street. Because Sean mentions how he's a cop. (laughs) That is uh, because of the show 21 Jump Street, which ran from 1987 to 1991. A little late, but, you know, I'm sure some reruns were playing at this time. It was in syndication. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, it's a show that uh, Sean watched before, probably in the research that they were doing. Oh, I'm sure in the trailer park using an antenna, he picked up something. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, there's five seasons, about 103 episodes. Basically, the show would be epi- uh, investigating young people crimes that would occur in high schools, uh, colleges, those type of things. Big names on the show was Johnny Depp, uh, Holly Robinson, Peter Deleuze, and Dustin Nugent. Johnny Depp was only in the 80, I think it was 82 episodes, something like that. So apparently he left uh, before the show was done. PDA. I could not find an official stance for the, either for Philadelphia or the state of Pennsylvania. And I was kind of looking a little bit to see maybe if I can find something on just any of the schools around us. Essentially, what I just discovered was that there is an official like PDA rule, but does it mean it has to be enforced to its fullest degree? No. Just what I said before. It comes down to principles. It comes down to teachers. Just setting the precedent of we don't do that here. Don't be gross. And. Of course, we can always go with Mr. Feeney's hard and fast rule of... With your grades, Mr. Matthews, you can't even shake hands. Amazing Grace, published in 1779, written in 1772, originally by John Newton, popular uh, both religiously and secularly. There's a lot of different versions out there. Brett, uh, do you have a favorite? I tend to gravitate towards... um Chris Tomlin's reworking of it. My chains are gone. That's one of my favorites as well. I I will say, the classic uh, on the bagpipes is always mm, quite I enjoyable. Love good bagpipe. As as long as they know how to play it correctly, it's incredible. And no squawking. I love a good bagpipe without squawking. All right. So last but not least, how to greet a girl. So I have on uh, WikiHow. Uh, apologies if anyone hears any little bits of crying. I am holding a baby. So there's three different methods. One, the first method is greeting a girl you know. So just the, the quick highlight is decide how to uh, how close the two of you are. Basically, are you really close, not that close, or acquaintances? 
engage her like you would any friend. So however you greet your friends, greet her too. And then make sure you give her a compliment. Make sure she knows you, you notice things. Like maybe your, her hair is the most hairish of hair and most beautiful he's ever seen. <laughs> uh, whatever uh, Corey was saying. Oh, you gotta make eye contact. Eye contact's very important. Use those eyes as uh, uh, Eric, uh, uh, yeah, Eric said. And tell her how excited you are to see her. Make it clear how great it is that, you know, that you are in her presence. You can ask her how she's been, what she's been up to. Get the conversation flowing. Make sure she's talking. And that's how you talk to a girl that you know. Greeting a girl you don't know. This is uh, big. Alan Matthews gave us some good advice on this. Introduce yourself, but with confidence. Read her body language. Make sure you're you're paying attention to, uh, you know, the t- little little signs indicating of does she want to discuss with you? Does she want to engage with you? Or do you creep her out? Make sure you smile at her. Smiling is a nice thing to do. And if you're, d- yes, not that. Uh, <laughs> you can't see it, but Brett's doing a. <laughs> A uh, full-blown crazy person smile. Uh, you know, just whatever your natural smile is, just, you know, give a small little smile. And another thing from Alan, learn her name. Very, very important. Uh, you got to make sure you know a girl's name before you really uh, get to know her uh, in a relationship way. Uh, but make sure you use humor in your introduction. As I said, you know, humor goes a long way. Most of my relationships in high school began because I was a funny guy. Once upon a time, my wife thought I was funny. That's probably how we started dating. Don't stay, overstay your welcome. You know, you got to read the situation. When have you, you know, almost to that point of you've talked for a little too long. Like, you're, this is still a stranger. And then, last but not least, greeting a girl on a first date. So you've already, you've gotten her to say hi to you. In fact, you got her to agree to go on a date with you, whether it's a good friend or you don't know her. First thing they say is create a, a great first impression. So that'd be like, you know, making sure you're showing on time, making sure you're, you know, dressed well, you, you've you showered and you don't smell. Go the extra mile, they say. And the example is, you know, bringing a flower or something that you know could be a significant or special to that person on this uh, first date. Take cues from her, which is very similar to the read the body language, you know. If she desires to shake your hand, it's okay to go in for a handshake. You go at her pace. Don't try to force anything. Tell her how excited you are to greet her make sure it's clear that you know you've been looking forward to this date make sure she knows that uh, you've thought about what you're going to do and how important this is basically have things to talk about make sure you give her compliments hey if it's a date and she agreed to go i bet you spent a little time on that to make sure she looks nice so make sure she knows that you noticed that she is ready to go and with that that's all i got <laughs> to sum it up like eric and um you know, Alan aren't that too far off from the advice that was given, but I'd say go with Alan's advice. Know oh, the name. Definitely. Yes. Know her name. Learn her Treat name. Treat them like a person. <laughs> yes. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend, Mr. Matthews, will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? <laughs> it's time to share what we learned. What is your lesson today, Tyler? Oh, I think my lesson as a dad that I learned is that I, I just need to make sure that I'm asking my son questions. Mm. You know, I need to make sure that I am 
up to date on what's going on with him, how he's interacting with people, paying attention to how many girls he may be bringing around. Um, Hopefully, if I still have the job I have right now and he's a teenager, that means I'll be spending a lot of time with him and other teenagers. So I'll know uh, who he's interested in and slash who's interested in him. So as long as I'm paying attention to those type of things and, and making sure that I'm available to have those discussions and especially at those really confusing times of seventh grade. So mm-hmm. it's mostly, mostly just being observant as we get into the teenage years and the flirty, flirty, talky, talky, flirty, flirty, talky, talky. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a solid lesson. And, uh, that's, that's a good dad lesson that I jotted down and I'll, I'll take the, uh, the, the other lesson I jotted down don't rush romantic relationships, especially when you're at a point in your life where the decisions you make come with life altering consequences that you're not prepared to take on. Yeah. Eric or others yep. of you in his position. And if you're interested in a romantic relationship, take the time to get to know that person first, Corey or others in yes. your position, build a solid friendship first before anything else. That's what my wife and I did. And that's what Tyler and Sarah did. And we both have solid marriages to to show for it. Yeah. Well, uh, Eric is not in a place both emotionally, but also with this girl to make the choices that they could have made. And Mm -hmm. it's a key and uncomfortable thing that we have to stress is understanding when you're ready for these things. And, it helps when you're in a very committed relationship and understand that we have to figure these things out together. It's the two of us against the world. Mm -hmm. So if you're not willing, ready for that commitment, then you should probably stay out of your parents' bedroom trying to make out. I agree with you, Mr. Matthews. That's not like you. (laughs) Very nice. That will go on a a bit longer. (laughs) I like it. So what would you grade pairing off Tyler you know it's one of those episodes where there's just certain scenes that I'm just like oh my gosh this is amazing and then a couple other scenes that I'm like gosh this scene really drags it down so I feel like this episode can't be a C in my opinion and immediately I thought of a B minus but then I was like, no, Tyler, it's a B plus. This is a really good episode. Mm-hmm. There's a, re- a lot of really good conversation. And more importantly, I think this is an episode where Corey grows, not because he um, it's having like, sorry, it is one of those episodes where his parents intervene. And because of their intervention, he is better off for it. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of great moments with mom and dad interacting with them. And so it's just, it's a great episode. So B, B plus, I'm confident. All right. Well, I give it an A minus on my end. Just I to... thought you were going to go C to, and we're going to have to fight in words. <laughs> oh, no, no. I gave an A minus. Um, solid, solid stuff all around. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of scenes that could drag it down. I mean, we've got Sean trying to be a 24 year old undercover cop. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've got some stuff out of the blue, but, um, you know, we've got, 
we've got stuff like Eric and Rebecca in the bedroom happening, but we've also got consequences playing out. We've got Alan and Amy being parents that are involved. We've got parents that are being on the same page. And like you brought up, we've got Alan and Amy intervening in Corey's life and steering him back onto the right path and him benefiting from it immediately. And so, yeah, all that adds up to uh, an A minus in my book. It's not perfect, yeah. but it's a very, very solid 22 minutes for me. Well, unfortunately, we're going to learn in a couple of uh, episodes that uh, maybe Alan Navy didn't actually help him that much. <laughs> well, he's a seventh grader. Things don't always stick. <laughs> no, I was just mostly meaning of Wendy's... Uh, very concerning alarming episode <laughs> oh yeah we'll get there we'll get there I know, so I i've can't got a wait. dad joke for you before we go all right hit me so uh my wife asked me why don't you treat me like you did when we were first dating so i took her to dinner and then to a movie and then i dropped her off at her parents house <laughs> i'm pretty sure <laughs> Over the 15 years I've known you, I've heard you say that joke at least 10 times. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> and with that good looking people, we're going to say goodbye to you all. You can find us online on social media channels at Dad's Meet World. You can get out check out some uh, cool swag new season two stuff episodes got an episode who's episode your pod daddy at dazmeatworld.threadless.com tyler if yep. people want to stalk you online can they oh yeah but at this point people just go find us on dad's meat world uh, all over the place on facebook on twitter on instagram you find us we'll interact with you send us your emails we'll answer questions um leave us some reviews and then that way more people can know about us because exactly. don't you want more 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 of this yeah more I do. People need to, <laughs> more people need to hear this. <laughs> yes. Yes. So until next time, good looking. I'll see ya. You good looking. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head for Studios. Tell your story. Love you. Love you. Aw, thank you. Aw, oh, you're welcome, Brett. Um, <laughs> I can turn myself down now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what's um, new? <laughs> Thank you. I needed that cue again. <laughs> so. Dad dance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hi. I say it may be like a tiny smidgen or it's just a fart that's lingered. Knock it off. Do you want to hit that cue again? <laughs> so, what's new? 
you know, the thing about being a dad is you just got to deal with whatever's going on. <coughs> Excuse me. You just don't, uh, you don't always get the opportunity to do the things you always want to do because there's always something that comes up that you got to deal with. And that's the bottom line. And if you're a dad out there that wants to talk more, go ahead and call out 555-3455.